Thank you so much for coming out tonight. I know you could have been doing a lot of other things, but I appreciate you honoring me, honoring the Lord in me. And uh, I believe this meeting was very important for us. I am endeavoring to try to schedule one of these about once a quarter. Sometimes it doesn't work out because I not only have my schedule, I have Brother Copeland's schedule as well. And I go on all of his meetings and, and just be a blessing to him and, and then my meetings. So sometimes it doesn't leave a whole lot of time left over. But I'm, I'm endeavoring to work this in about once a quarter because I, I think it's very important. I want you to just stretch your hands out toward me right now and just pray in the Spirit. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I bless you, Lord. Now, Father, as I stand before the people tonight, I do so in the office of the Apostle. And I say that with the greatest humility, because that is not something I sought after, and I'm certainly not endeavoring to be braggadocious about it. It's what you planned. So I accept it. And I receive right now every anointing, every blessing, every endowment that goes with the office of an apostle. And I thank you for it. Enable me to deliver this accurately tonight, with clarity, with the anointing of God on it, and in the spirit of love. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, before I get into the message that the Lord has laid upon my heart to share with you, I want us to uh, go over and give you an update on the building program. Anybody want to hear it? Okay. Uh, if you've driven by the property, you won't see any buildings going up yet. You won't even see a foundation laid yet. But there has been a lot of work going on. It's all underground. And uh, let me just read this to you. Steve Hawkins who is one of the major developers out here and uh, men we've worked with for a long, long time. And he's, he's the person that we've sold a lot of our property to, and he's the one that's developing it. He's a great Christian man, loves our ministry, and is always looking for an opportunity to be a blessing to us. So he bought the land on the north side of Hewlin, north of where we're going to build the church. Now, that was our land. In fact, I gave the city of Fort Worth the land to put Hewland through. Thank you very much. <laughs> I should have made it a toll road. <laughs> but, <laughs> but anyway, and I gave it to him. I said, uh, uh, I'm, I'm going to bless you with this land. And, uh, and they were shocked. And I said, uh, of course, I knew. And I assumed they would know, but they didn't say anything about it. 
But I knew if I gave them that land to put Hewland through there, my property on both sides would increase in value. Hallelujah. And boy, did it ever. And so Steve Hawkins uh, bought the land on the north side of Hewland, and he is beginning, or he started the development there now. Uh, You can see if you drive by there, the brick fence that's up, and and foundations are being poured, and, and they're getting ready to build a number of houses in there. And then also, Steve has bought the land behind the church here that we own. And uh, uh, that's part of what has gone into the building fund. Now, I want you to understand, I've told you this before, but I want, I want you to understand that Jerry Seville Ministers International bought all this land before this church ever existed. And uh, the sale of it, Jerry Seville Ministers International is donating the, the money to Heritage Faith Christian Center. Now, we're all one entity. Uh, under law, I operate as Heritage of Faith Christian Center doing business as Jerry Seville Ministers International. But we keep the accounting separate, okay? So all the, the land that we're selling off to put into this building program uh, was in the name of Jerry Seville Ministries International. And once we sold it, then we put the, fun, the funds into the building program. And then, of course, the last meeting that we had like this, uh, uh, you guys sowed the seed. And uh, not only that, but some of my JSMI partners that live in other states sowed seed. So I'm going to give you a report on all of that. But here's the first part I want to share with you. Steve Hawkins has just completed the uh, installing of the city sewer and water for new development of the property that he's developing across from where we're going to develop and build the new church. He chose to route these utilities along the south part of the property line of our new church instead of doing it in a really more convenient place. But he did it to be a blessing to us. And he put out $180,000 to do it, no cost to us. Isn't that wonderful? Praise God. Amen. Now, once again, if you drive by there, and I'm sure many of you have, you can see where uh, the land has been tilled up and broken up and covered up and But there's a lot going on underground that we can't see. Those sewage pipes, those water lines, and all that stuff. And and we've had to put out some money toward all of that. And so uh, the next important items for the church property is to have two water wells drilled for irrigation needs. Now, right now, that property is still in the county. It hasn't, it hasn't been annexed yet. And we, we really need the wells for uh, irrigation of all that property. And, of course, once it's annexed, then we can't drill wells. The city won't allow us to. Okay, so while it's not annexed, we're going to drill wells. <laughs> so that we have uh, sufficient water 
If anything happens to city water, it's not going to stop us. But we got to do that before they annex it, so we're working on that right now. Okay. Uh, two water wells will be drilled for irrigation needs before we an- uh, before the city annexes the property. The city of Fort Worth does not allow water wells to be drilled inside city limits. We will not be under any water restrictions that may be imposed uh, having our own private water supply. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, of course, we'll, we'll hook up to city water, too, once they annex it and all of that. So we'll just be doubly blessed. Amen? Now, the next thing that is going to happen before we build the church building, uh, I've sold another piece of property over here to our right, and uh, it was just a, a, a few acres that I actually paid probably 20000 for 20-something years ago, and I just got $700,000 for it. And uh, we're going to put that into two buildings down at the end of that property. If you've driven down there, you see those gas wells? Well, just north of those gas wells, there's going to be two buildings built right away. That, that's, they already got the plans for it and got the prices and everything. We're going to invest that $700,000 into that because there will be storage buildings, and we need lots of storage. Because <laughs> eventually... We're going to sell this church building and, and all this. And, 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 but the beautiful thing is we don't have to move out of here until we get that built. Amen. Isn't that great? We don't, we don't have to go find another location while we're building. We can sit right here until we get it built. Amen. And um, so construction will begin soon on those two buildings that are going to be used for storage and also for uh, vehicles uh, for Chariots of Light, uh, our, our, our tour trailers, and all of the equipment that goes with Chariots of Light. And so um, that will be what is going to start next. And then after that, uh, we'll be starting the process with the city for annexation and development of the church site which includes a master site plan, drainage study, and grading plans. And it's amazing how much just grading, just dirt. (laughs) And in Texas, it's not D-I-R-T, it's D-U-R-T, dirt. (laughs) It's amazing how much dirt got. But we've had recently some people that are doing some development and they're cleaning off property, and they wanted to know if we wanted the dirt. We said, yes, we do. Hallelujah. So they're starting to bring dump loads of dirt onto the property, and uh, that's going to be another blessing, praise God. Okay, and the architectural drawings. Now, Carolyn is in charge of that. I'm leaving the architectural drawings and the planning to her because she comes from a building family, she knows this stuff. And also, when it's all done, said and done, I want her to say, it is well with my soul. Hallelujah. <laughs> so that's her responsibility. And right now, she, she has been up many nights. Get ready to go to bed, and she's on that Wi-Fi and looking up 
different sites and plans and so forth and collecting all these ideas and boy it's gonna be it's gonna be a beautiful church. I said it's gonna be a beautiful church. We 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 not we're not building a lean to. We're gonna build a beautiful church. Amen. You're gonna be happy with it. And uh, so she's working on all that. Now in advance uh, she's already started buying some furniture and stuff that that uh, the way she wants to decorate it. And our good friends, Jesse and Kathy DePlantis, Jesse knows people. <laughs> okay, isn't that right? And uh, so Jesse and Kathy will call us from time to time and say, man, I believe this is some of the stuff Carolyn is looking for, and we can get it right, but you got to get down here and get it right now. So she's been buying stuff. We're putting it in storage until we get it built. But, man, the, the lobby of this place, you're going to want to live in it. <laughs> it's going to be nice. So a lot of things are happening. You just can't see it on the surface. But there are a lot of things happening. And, uh, and then as soon as uh, annexation has been accomplished... Then and the, and the plans have been finished. Then the uh, construction is going to begin. And also, Steve Hawkins, since he's one of the major developers out here, and he's built a lot of this, these properties across the street, across from the ministry. Uh, we're going to get to use his people, his architects, and everybody that uh, uh, that he works with. And he's already got all these connections with the city. And so he's, he's, he's like just stepped up to the plate and said, I'll, I'll help you. I'll, I'll be your forerunner. I'll, 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 go, I'll go to bat for you. And that's a blessing. Amen. Let's all pray for Steve right now. What do you say? Hallelujah. Justin, come up here and, and let's pray over Steve Hawkins right now. He's, he's been such a blessing to us. Thank you, Father. Father, we just thank you for Steve Hawkins and the blessing that he's been to this church and all the churches in this community that he's been, that he's been able to be a part of. And we just thank you, Lord, that we speak blessing over his business. Yes. Thank you, Father, as David prayed over his people, Lord, that you would, your hand would come upon him, strengthen him and make him great. I thank you, Father, for favor over him. Thank you, Father, for continuing to bless his business beyond he could ask, think, dream, or imagine. I thank you that he hears your voice and a stranger's voice he doesn't follow. I thank you for the connection that has been with his ministry. I believe that connection will grow stronger and stronger. And I thank you that he'll see the favor of God on his business because of the connection with this ministry. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. All right, now let me give you this. Uh, report on the finances where we stand. Uh, you guys, in that last time we had a meeting like this, you sold $243,428.27. Give yourselves a good hand, praise God. Amen. Then there was an additional $185,611.31 that came in from some of our JSMI partners around the country. They wanted to get involved in, in the building program. And then we, we sold uh, uh, the back part of this land here, and uh, we were able to put $2 million from the sale of that land into the building program. And then people from time to time would come by and sow a seed and 
That came up to $2,737. And then just recently, uh, someone in the church gave $125,000 to go toward the building project. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, that, that brings the total that we have uh, on hand to, uh, let me get the right figures here, $2,575,526.10. Now, that's, that's already in a special account, and it's actually drawing interest. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, that doesn't include the 700000 that I just got that we're going to put into those two buildings. So with that, you could say we have received $3,275,526.10. That's a good start. Amen. Amen. Now, from that... Carolyn has spent. No, not just her. Well, let me see. Yes, Carolyn spent. It's not a lot because she got she got Jesse's price, and Jesse knows people, and so uh, uh, out of that eighteen thousand. $749.52 has been spent uh, for furnishings and things that that is in storage. And as soon as we get it built, it's going into that beautiful lobby and all of that. It's going to be nice. So let's give the Lord praise for that. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. I don't know a whole lot of churches that can start off with over $3 million in the account, you know. And... Uh, so, Carol and I have been talking about it, and we feel like that we need at least $5 million to be able to start the construction. That may not cover the entirety of the construction, but that, that would be a good start, to know we have $5 million set aside, and that's what we're believing for. So I want to ask you to set yourself in agreement with us. Amen? So every time you think about it, just say, Lord, we thank you for $5 million. Oh, yeah, and that doesn't include the sale of this building and, and the 10 acres it's on. You know, so uh, that's, yeah, that'll go a long ways. And, but, of course, we're not going to move out of this building until we get the other one built. But, but we got other buildings to build, gymnasiums, uh, youth centers, all of that kind of thing. So I'm sure the money out of this, since we'll already be in the new building, We'll go into those other buildings, okay? God's doing good, isn't he? Amen. So that's the update on where we are financially with the building program. Now, I want you to open your Bibles to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. look at verse 10. The Apostle Paul writing to the church in Philippi, and if you know anything about this letter, as Oral Roberts taught Brother Copeland, as Oral Roberts taught me, 
This church was a partner church to the Apostle Paul's ministry. From the beginning, the first time they heard him, right up until the end. Now, some theologians say that Paul's relationship with the church in Philippi, by the time he wrote this letter, was 10 years. Other theologians say possibly 20 years. But he says in the very first chapter, you, you have been with me from the very beginning. He said, uh, you, I've enjoyed your, I'm paraphrasing, I've enjoyed your fellowship. And in the little Greek, that word's translated partnership. I've enjoyed your partnership from the very first right up until this moment. So we know at least 10 years they were in partnership with him. Possibly 20 years. That's amazing. Amen. For people to stick with you for 10, 20 years. You know, it always thrills me when I go to different cities and people come up to me and say, Brother Jerry, I've been your partner for 40 years. And some of them I remember. I remember the day they, they came into partnership with me. But that's always a, a blessing. And, and, of course, it, it's one of the greatest compliments I consider that I'll ever receive. Somebody says, I've been your partner, and I'm still your partner. And that's just amazing. Now, notice here in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 10. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again. Everybody say, again. Your care of me hath flourished again, wherein ye were also careful, but ye lacked opportunity. So what he's saying is, uh, they had sent someone out of their church to where he was in prison and brought him an offering. And he's remarking here that your, your, your care of me, your love for me, uh, your your desire to be part of my ministry, your desire to be part of my vision, my, my assignment, it's flourished again. This is not the first time you've sown into my ministry. You're doing it again. Amen. So the generosity of these Philippian Christians was consistent. And it certainly was appreciated by the Apostle Paul. And he, he lets them know that in the first chapter. Go back to chapter 1 with me for a moment. Verse 3, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all making requests with joy, for your fellowship. And once again, that word in little Greek is partnership. For your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. So he was certainly appreciative of the consistency that they demonstrated in supporting what he what he believed God called him to do, and what they believed God had called him to do. They wanted to be part of it. So he recognizes that, and uh, he, he recognizes that it's an ongoing relationship, and it's sincere. And it's not only regarding his well-being, but also the well-being of his ministry. He's acknowledging that there has now come this Another opportunity. And they took advantage of it. They took advantage of it. In the fourth chapter, once again, he says, you lacked opportunity. But now the opportunity has risen again. And they took advantage of it. They didn't say, we've already given. 
we, we've already we've already done this once. No, they were they were hoping for another opportunity. Don't you love Christians like that? That that hope. And I've had I've had some of you. Uh, you know, I don't get to be around here a lot, but occasionally I, I, I may run into some of you in a store or grocery store or filling station or maybe at the ministry, the headquarters, and I run into you. And I've had some people say that in this church, Brother Jerry, when do we get to give to the building program again? Well, I'd like to say, well, what's stopping you right now? <laughs> you know? I say, well, there'll be another opportunity. Another opportunity. Look at your neighbor and say, I want another opportunity. Now, I believe this is real Christianity. When church people want opportunities to sow, want opportunities to, 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 to invest in the vision, praise God. Amen. Another translation says, you have revived your concern for me. You have revived your concern for me. And not only for him personally, but for his assignment. Amen. In our case, our assignment right now as a church is get this new building built. Amen. Get this new building built. We're talking about 1,500-seat auditorium. Hallelujah. I believe we're going to fill it up real quick. Have to go to two services. Justin will do the first one. I'll do the last one. <laughs> when I'm in town. <laughs> I told him, I've already paid my dues. You can have that first one. Okay. <laughs> now, the phrase, but ye lacked opportunity, simply implies you didn't have a way to show your desire to continue to support. They, they, they lacked opportunity. They didn't have a way to demonstrate that they were not done. They wanted to continue to invest in the vision. That's one of the reasons for this service tonight, is to announce to you that you're going to have another opportunity. Not tonight, but I want you to be praying about it. Amen. Look at something the Apostle Paul said to the believers in Second Corinthians chapter eight. Second Corinthians chapter eight. If you if you study this real close, you will realize that he's talking about giving offerings. And in verse seven he says Therefore, as you abound in everything, in faith, in utterance, and knowledge, and in all diligence, and in your love to us, see that you abound in this grace also. And the grace he was referring to was the grace of giving. And he encourages them, don't just do this once. Don't just, you know, make it sporadic, but abound in this. Abound in this. In other words, look for opportunities. Amen. Thank God when an opportunity comes. Don't, don't be a lot of, like a lot of Christians who say, Oh, there he goes receiving another offering. That's not the way I look at church offerings. 
It's not the way I look at offerings when I'm in other meetings, like the meeting I just came out of. I, I didn't go there just to help Brother Copeland and to preach and to, and to, and to help generate his vision or explain his vision to the people. I went there to sow. Yeah. Amen. I told him last year when I had entered my 50th year of ministry, or the year before last, the Lord said, you, you go back to your roots and you tell Brother Copeland that you will go on every meeting that he would like for you to go on, pay your own way, tell him you don't want an offering, you're just there to serve. Well, he was shocked, you know. He said, I mean, you, you got your own ministry and I know you're a busy man. I said, that's what the Lord told me to do and that's what I'm going to do. So every meeting you want me on this year, I will be there. I'll pay, my, I'll pay for my hotel room. I'll pay whatever it takes to get there. Uh, if you want me to preach, I will. I don't have to preach. He said, that'll be the day. You know, <laughs> said, if you're going with me, you're going to preach. And, and, and then he said, and I said to him, and I don't want an offering if I do preach. I'm sowing this a seed. Well, guess what happened to us? We came off the finest year we'd ever had. <laughs> Just sowing seed into his ministry, you know. Well, notice here it says, you are to abound in this grace also. And that grace, once again, is the grace of giving, the grace of sowing. Uh, you know, how many of you want to want to abound in love? How many of you would like... For your love life. I'm talking about the love of Christ. Your love life to go. <laughs> the love of Christ. You still got them first on your mind, hadn't you? <laughs> I'm talking about abounding in the love of Christ. Well, you just love everybody. Nobody upsets you. Nobody make you mad. Nobody gets under your skin. You just walk in love. How many of you'd like to abound in that? Yes, well, of course. How many of you'd like for your faith to abound? Yes. You know, get to a place where, man, you waver not, you stagger not, as the Bible said about Abraham. Well, here Paul is saying, uh, you're abounding in all those areas, abound in this too. Abound in giving. Amen. Take it to the next level. Don't ever look at an offering as God trying to take something away from you. Look at it as God's trying to get something to you. I heard Mike Murdoch make this statement years ago. And I, and I wrote it down. And I haven't been able to improve on it, so I've been borrowing it. And I give him credit for it. He said, every time an offering is received, it's God giving you an opportunity to increase your income. That's the way to look at offerings. It's not... God trying to take something from you. It's God giving you an opportunity to increase your income. Can you say amen? amen. Now look at verse 11. Now therefore, well, we better back up to verse 10. And herein I give my advice for this is expedient for you or profitable who have been, who have begun before not only to do, but also to be forward as, as far back as a year ago, you wanted to do something and you hadn't had an opportunity. And he's encouraging them, do it now. 
Verse 11. Now, therefore, perform the doing of it, that as there was a readiness to will, so there may be a performance also out of that which you have. Now, the message translation kind of unscrambles that Elizabethan English, and it says it this way. The best thing you can do right now is to not let those good intentions grow stale. That's good, isn't it? The best thing you could do right now is to not let those good intentions grow stale. Your heart's been in the right place all along, so go for it. Once your commitment is clear, then do what you can. Amen? Do what you can. So, once again, uh, the Apostle Paul encouraged people, believers, to make giving something that becomes lifestyle. That it's not, not haphazard, it's not sporadic, it's not something that you have to be talked into and even, you know, put in fear that if you don't, God's going to do this. No, it ought to be out of a happy, joyful heart. Amen. Now, you've heard me say, and I've said it jokingly, but in some ways I really believe it. I am God's favorite child. (laughs) But you know what? God does have favorites. Go read 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And it says in the Amplified, God is unwilling to do without a cheerful whose heart is in his giving. Amen. In other words, his favorites are those who abound in giving. He loves us all. He loves the guy that's never given a dime. But he, 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 it touches his heart when he sees folks consistently giving and not, not treating it as a chore or an obligation but as a, as a privilege. Amen. A privilege. An honor. Now go with me to Proverbs chapter 11. Proverbs chapter 11. These are, these are things I'm talking to you about tonight that I wouldn't necessarily talk to just every congregation I went to. Unless... They have received me as an apostle to that church. It's not, it's not something that, that I would normally preach in my traveling meetings. And, you know, I travel all the time. It's not something that uh, I, would, I would normally talk about. Once again, unless that church and the Lord prompted me to has received me as an apostle, which a lot of churches have around the country, other churches around the world. So, listen up. (laughs) Proverbs 11. You're there, I'm trying to get there. Look at verse 24. There is that scattereth, and yet increaseth. And there is that withholdeth more than is meat, but it tendeth to poverty. The liberal soul shall be made fat, and he that watereth shall be watered also himself. Now, the word scattereth is really plural. It's not saying he that once scattered, 
It's he that scatters. This, this is not talking about an individual that's just done it once and probably under compulsion. We're not talking about that kind of person. We're talking about someone who's consistent. They are, they are continually scattering seed, sowing. It, it doesn't imply having scattered once. In fact, there are other translations that uses the word distributes and disperses. There is that person who distributes, and there is that person who disperses. Webster's Revised Unabridged Dictionaries uh, gives a definition for scatter as to deposit or to sow here and there in different directions. So that would tell us right there, it's not one time. Amen. In different directions would imply it's plural. That this person scatters. He's always looking for an opportunity to sow seed. Amen. Notice it says, and the liberal soul shall be made fat. And the word fat here in the little Hebrew is uh, uh, prosperous, made prosperous. Liberal people will be made prosperous. And he that watereth shall also be watered himself. In other words, God's picking up, or, or, or Solomon's picking up on the law of seed time and harvest. You reap what you sow. Amen? You reap what you sow. Now, the Revised Standard Version says, One man gives, gives, plural, one man gives freely, yet grows all the richer. There's another translation, I didn't write it down, but I know it by heart. Uh, another translation that says, it is possible to give it all away and yet become richer and richer. <laughs> Amen. It is possible to give it all away and yet become richer and richer. Revised Standard, once again, one man gives freely yet grows all the richer. A liberal man will be enriched. And notice it did not say one man gave, but one man gives. Plural. Look at your neighbor and say, are you getting this? That's once again implying that he didn't just do it once, that he does it continually and consistently. Now, notice it says the liberal soul. Liberal means he gives freely, generously, and always looking for opportunities. He gives freely, generously, and always looking for opportunities. You know, I remember one time I was... Uh, I was invited to a church on the other side of Dallas to do their 20-year reunion. They, they were celebrating 20 years as a church. And they asked me if I'd come and, and do the, the uh, celebration with them, be the uh, keynote speaker for the celebration. I agreed to go. It's a friend of mine. So uh, we were going we to leave there and go somewhere else that night. So uh, my pilot and I, flew over to Dallas, actually on the other side of Dallas, near Terrell. And, uh, uh, and then we were going to leave there after that service and fly on to our next city. It was in another state and be in a service that night. So my pilot and I, Sam Douglas, we're sitting on the front row, just like Justin and Annette are. And the pastor and his wife are sitting over here just like this. 
And uh, they were showing a slide presentation of the history of the church. And then the pastor got up and he said, uh, now let's make our confession. What have we been confessing all year long? That this is our year to pay the mortgage off on our church. And when he said that, my spirit leapt within me. I jumped. I actually jumped. And Sam looked at me and said, what did God say to you? <laughs> I said, I'll tell you in just a minute. And so the pastor said, Brother Jerry, we are so honored that you would come and be with us. Uh, you've been a blessing to our ministry, and, and we've supported your ministry, and we're just so honored. This is your first time in our church. We're so honored that you would come. He said, and his closing remarks was, you are an answer to our prayer today. So he invited me to come to the platform. And he was about to go take a seat. I said, wait a minute, Pastor. I said, you are an answer to my prayer today. He said, how could that be? I said, my wife and I have been talking about believing God to pay the mortgage off on the church and that God would lead us to the church where we were to do it. I said, sir, you are an answer to my prayer today. I said, what is, what is the mortgage on this church? He told me, I said, I've got it. I'll send you a check as soon as I get home. Amen. See, that was an opportunity. I was looking for an opportunity. You know, when he, when he said that, and I knew God wanted me to do something, I didn't say, get thee behind me, Satan. I knew it was God. I wanted to do it. I was believing to be able to do that. Amen. And that man is still talking about that today. Every time I see him, he said, I'll never forget you coming there and paying the mortgage off on that church. Praise God. I was looking for an opportunity. Carol and I live this way. We look for opportunities. And this is what uh, the Bible is teaching us here. The liberal soul shall prosper. Amen. So once again, notice it didn't say from the rise standard that one man gave, but one man gives, plural. Implying he didn't do this one time, but he does it continually and consistently. Amen. It's the key to experiencing supernatural increase. Did my mic go off? It is the key to experiencing supernatural increase. Amen. You know, a lot of Christians believe in for supernatural increase, but I'm sorry to say a lot of Christians don't qualify. If you study it closely, now this may upset your apple cart, but Philippians, Philippians is a partner letter. It is written to partners. And he says in that letter, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now, you know, Christians can get in on it, but the ones it was really meant for are partners, people that are consistent in supporting the work of the Lord. That's the reason I can confess it. My God shall supply all my need. If you're one of my partners, then I can confess it over you. My God will supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So people that, that, that are non-givers and, and, and you know, they, they're just 
kind of sit in the boat and don't do anything. They're really not entitled to confess that. I didn't think you'd like that. But anyway, it's true. It's true. So consistent, continual, always looking for opportunities, giving is the key to supernatural increase. Supernatural increase comes to us in ways that cannot be explained. Just like this land. You know what I mean? When this land, and, I, and we were buying it like 10, 20 acres at a time. It didn't all happen at one time. And, and it was an opportunity. And God had told me when we moved out here, buy up all the land you can get your hands on and get the mineral rights. Now, back then, nobody was getting mineral rights. It, it didn't seem important back then. But the Lord specified to me, buy all the land you can get your hands on and get the mineral rights. And so, you know, 10 acres would come up available, and 15 acres, and 20 acres. And we eventually wound up with nearly 200 acres out here. And, uh, and, and how it happened was miraculous. You know, where we're going to build a church right now, God told me that was my land years before I actually had title deed to it. He told me to go walk on it one time. In fact, I, I had a horse back then. I rode around on that land and, and saying, this is my land. This land is my land. This land belongs to me. Exodus. You know? And uh, uh, I remember one day I, I was on my horse and I was coming back to the house. that I had stables back then. And a man got out of his car and said, what are you doing on my land? Now, it wasn't fenced, didn't have posted sign. I didn't own it back then, but the Lord told me it was mine. And he said, if you'll be patient, I will arrange for all this land you want and pay whatever you want to pay for it. I said, consider me patient right now. And this guy gets out of the car, and boy, he's just ugly, you know. And he said, what are you doing on my land? This is private property. Stay off my land. And then he got in the car and drove off. And I, I, I said, and of course he's driving off so he couldn't hear me. I said, oh man, you don't know who you're talking to. <laughs> I did. I said, oh man, you don't know who you're talking to. Amen. Well, it wasn't long after that, somebody bought that land. And it was in the Fort Worth newspaper. They had, you know, plans and plots. What are they going to build over there? I held up the paper. I said, Lord, did you read the paper this morning? Somebody bought my land. He said, no, I don't read that trash. You shouldn't either. He said, throw it away. Whose report will you believe? I said, I believe the report of the Lord. Well, and I didn't pray this. I didn't pray this. But it wasn't long that that company went bankrupt. Lost the land. Some other corporation bought it. I watched three different corporations buy my land during this process of being patient. <laughs> and all three of them went bankrupt. And finally, the RTC, a government agency, called our office and said, you people seem to be the only ones out there building and not going bankrupt. 
We want this land off the books. We want it. We want to sell it. And we want you to make an offer. And then they said, now, there's $1.2 million lien against it. So you're going to have to come up with far more than that. And so I, I went to the Lord. And I said, Lord, you told me that if I would be patient, I'd have all that land I wanted. And I'd pay whatever I wanted to pay for it. He said, how much of it do you want? I said, I want all 102 acres. He said, what do you want to pay for it? I said, well, they said at least $1.2 million to get the lien off of it, and they wanted more than that. He said, is that what you want to pay for it? I said, no. Well, what do you want to pay for it? I said, I'll give them $200,000 cash. I want the lien removed. I want a clear title, and I want the mineral rights. He said, tell them. <laughs> so I called my attorney. <laughs> Who's a born-again, spirit-filled, tongue-talking, miracle-working attorney. Hallelujah. <laughs> I said, Wayne, call him, and here's my offer. You've heard me say that land belonged to me. Because every board meeting, I'd talk about that land. And uh, he's, he's obviously on my board. And I said, call him and tell him I'll give him $200,000 cash. I want all 102 acres. I want the lien removed. I want a clear title. And I want the mineral rights. He said, no problem, Brother Jerry. I'll call him, and I'll get back with you later today. He called up there, and his opening remarks were these. Does anybody up there believe in miracles? They said, no, we work for the government. We don't see miracles. <laughs> That's what they said. He said, well, I believe in miracles, and my client believes in miracles. And here's his offer, and he told him. And there was total silence on the end of the phone. He said, did you hear me? He said, yes, but that's so ridiculous. We're not, even going to, we're not even going to report that to our superiors. He said, yes, you are. Your superiors told you to call Dr. Savell and have him make an offer. And you tell him this is his offer and call me right back. So it was a few hours later. Wayne called me and told me the story. He said, they called him back and their opening remarks was, we now believe in miracles. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. I got 102 acres for $200,000 cash, the lien removed, clear title, and the mineral rights. And that's the land where we're going to build a church. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, I said supernatural increase comes to us in ways that cannot be explained. I had no idea God was going to do it that way. But He's God. He's the God of the impossible. Amen. And then, you know, we had it for several years, just holding on to it. And then all of a sudden, all these gas companies come out there knocking on our doors and bidding on that land to drill wells. We finally chose one. Uh, in fact, it was a man that, that went to high school with Brother Copeland. And uh, I had I I knew of him. I'd met him one time er, back when I first moved here, and I hadn't seen him since. And and he made a bid on the land to lease the land and drill the wells, and we agreed to let him do it. Well, I mean, just you know, not too long after that, man, they they found gas, and we started getting royalty checks. And and then they came back to us and said, "There's land uh, north." Uh, east of you and there's houses there and there's gas there too 
but they don't have enough land. Those individual owners don't have enough land to drill a horizontal well. If you will allow us to put the pad site on your property and drill on their property, we'll give them a royalty and you'll get a royalty too. My first royalty check just off of that was $250,000. Amen. That land was making money and, and it was just amazing. You know, and then, then Oral Roberts came and visited us, Oral and Evelyn Roberts. And I took him out there to show him that land. And he said, this looks exactly like the land that I bought to build Oral Roberts University on. He said, it was nothing but a pasture land. Everybody thought I'd lost my mind to come out here at this part of Tulsa and say, I'm going to build a university here. He said, but we did it. And he looked out there and he said, I can see your church here. And he had his Bible with him. And we're standing on this side of the road on, behind the barbed wire fence. And he walked up there real close and stretched his hand out to pray over it. And he dropped his Bible on the other side of the fence. And when we looked down there, he said, look at this, Jerry. What's the first scripture you see? Rise and build. Nehemiah. That was not a coincidence. Rise and build. Amen. So supernatural increase comes in unexplained ways. I can't explain it other than I just know that I know that I know God was behind it. Amen. Now, supernatural increase is beyond human reasoning. It's beyond the ordinary. It's beyond the usual. It's beyond the natural course of things. It's beyond human limitations. It's beyond what we can make happen in our own ability. And always remember that God is not bound nor limited by what is happening in our economy. Can you say amen? Ephesians 3.20, God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh within us. The message translation says, God can do anything, you know, far more than you could ever imagine. Hallelujah. Amen. So, now I want you to turn to uh, the book of Ezra. Ezra, chapter 1. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Ezra. I still hear pages turning. You don't spend much time in Ezra, do you? (laughs) Now, I have in my Bible, before each book, a little history of what's going on in that book. And I, I, I like to read that history before I start reading what, what the book contains. And here it says, Ezra continues the Old Testament narrative of Second Chronicles, showing how God fulfills His promise to return His people to the land of promise after 70 years of exile. 
Okay? And then it goes on to say, I highlighted this. Ezra uh, is to not only reestablish the spiritual condition of the people, but reestablish the temple. Okay? So they've been in, they've been in exile for 70 years. They're, they're down. I mean, they're, 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 their spirits are broken. And now his job is to get them back leaning toward God, get them spiritually strong again, and to reestablish the temple. Now, um, let's, let's look in verse 3. Now let's get verse 2. Thus saith Cyrus king of Persia, The Lord God of heaven hath given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and he hath charged me to build him a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Who is there among you of all his people? His God be with him, and let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah, and build the house of the God of Israel. He is the God which is in Jerusalem. And whosoever remaineth in any place where he sojourneth, let the men of his place help him with silver, with gold, with goods, with beasts, beside the freewill offerings for the house of God that is in Jerusalem. Now notice, he's going to reestablish the temple. And God's already talking to him about going to the people and encouraging them to get involved with their offerings. See, this is not new with God. It's not new in the temple. It's not new in the New Testament church. And it's not new today. Amen. This, this, is, this is what's expected as Christians. You get involved in the work of the Lord in every way that you can. Now, in uh, chapter 2 and verse 69, they gave after their ability. In other words, not everybody gave the same. Not everybody was able to give exactly what everybody else gave. But they gave according to their ability. Amen. The, the thing that happens to a lot of Christians is they, they think, well, I can't give $1,000. I can't give $5,000. You can give something. Amen. And God's looking at your gift based on your ability. Amen. You know, somebody in here, like somebody did, gave $125,000. Well, you may not be able to do that. Maybe the best you can do is $25. But give according to your ability. Amen. Abound in this grace of giving. Can you say amen? All right, now, uh, they gave according to their ability. Some gave a thousand drains of gold, drams of gold, five thousand pounds of silver, and one hundred priest garments. Okay? Now, notice they're doing this kind of like we are, and they can't see anything yet. They're doing it in faith, believing that one day they're going to look up and there's that temple. 
One day we're going to look up and there's that church. Other people drive by there and all they see is weeds. I don't see that. I don't see that. I see a beautiful facility, praise God, with Carolyn's touch. Hallelujah. Now, this is a very interesting verse, chapter 3. And look at verse 6. From the first day of the seventh month began they to offer burnt offerings unto the Lord. Now, look at the last part of that verse. But the foundation of the temple of the Lord was not yet laid. They're giving regular offerings, and nobody can see anything that's happening with the offering they're giving. Come on. Come on. Sounds like us. Sounds like heritage of faith right now. The foundation had not even been laid, and yet they're still sowing. They're still sowing. They're doing it regularly. They gave money also unto the masons and the carpenters and so forth. So notice here, they're giving in faith, believing that their seed is going to produce something. And one day, what that seed produced, they're going to say, look what I had a part in. Amen. That's a big joy. Now drop down to verse 10 of that same chapter. And when the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, they set the priest in their apparel and trumpets, and the Levites, the sons of Asaph, and sent with symbols to praise the Lord with the ordinance of David, king of Israel. And they sang together by course in praising and giving thanks unto the Lord, because he is good, for his mercy endureth forever toward Israel. And all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord because the foundation of the house was laid. Hallelujah. And notice all that giving, all that sowing they had done and they couldn't even see a foundation yet. But there came a time when, boy, the, the shouting was on when they saw that foundation. Amen. Hallelujah. We don't do that. I mean, when we pour the slab to that building, we're going to have a shouting service over there on it. Amen. It takes a lot of money just to pour the slab of a building the size we want to build. But once that slab is down there, man, we, we, are, we, are, we are on the go. Old Roberts said to me a long time ago, if God tells you to build something and you don't have any money to do it, Go get a shovel and dig a hole just to show God and to show the devil we're going to get this done. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. All right, now, with all that in mind, that's the end of my first sermon. With all that in mind, on May the 16th, write this date down, 6 p.m., May the 16th, we're going to have a service. Here again, it's not going to last more than 45 minutes to an hour at the most. And we are going to abound in this grace. We're going to bring another offering for the building program. And, and you've got a month to pray about it. You've got a month to be asking the Lord, what is your part? Now, I've tried to, I've endeavored to show you this is a scriptural thing. I'm not, I'm not 
I don't like, I don't even like the term. I never even use it just so that you can relate to it. I don't like raising money. I never raise money. Amen. I give people opportunities to do something in the work of God. And God has promised when they do, they can expect an abundant return. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? So I'm going to pray over all of you right now that between now and May the 16th, you're going to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit as to what He would have you do next. Amen. As to what He'd have you do next. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray over every person, and I'm asking you, Holy Spirit, to reveal to them what would be their part and what would please you in their next seed and next offering into the building program. And Lord, we will do this as often as you tell us to. Amen. We're not going to make a religion out of it, but we'll do it as you inspire us to do so. And Lord, I want to remind them that as they're doing this, and they're doing it consistently, they are candidates for supernatural increase. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord a good shout if you receive it. Liberty's one-year birthday party. It's May the 16th. May the 16th. <gasps> it's from 4 to 6, our birthday party. Oh, I can't do that on the evening of May the 16th. It's my great-granddaughter's birthday. Just after midnight on May the 17th. <laughs> we'll, we'll get another date, Okay. We'll get another date. We'll let you know. So scratch out May the 16th. Thank you for, I asked Justin if there was anything planned, but I forgot to come to you, sweetheart, to see if I didn't have anything on my calendar. So it's my, my mistake. All right. So we'll get a, we'll establish another date. But anyway, we know it'll be at least a month from now and give you time to pray and ask the Lord what he'd have you to do. Amen. And once again, this is going into the building fund. It's not going to be used for, for any other outreach. It's going into the building fund.